0: Mix in the dark. Hey, what's up? It's my Yang from Mix in the Dark. I want to give a shout out to people who have tipped me on my tip jar for stories that I've shared so far. I appreciate you so much. It makes me feel like my hard work on researching and sharing these stories on our podcast is worth something. Creating these episodes take a lot of time. And so I appreciate people who support me. If I had the time, I would release more episodes in a week. But currently, I just don't have that luxury. So if you didn't know, I have a tip jar on Venmo, and people usually tip me when they hear a story that they really enjoyed. You can search Mix in the Dark on the Venmo Business tab to send me a tip when you hear a story that you really enjoyed. Other ways that you can help support Mix in the Dark is to go rate me on your podcasting stations. The more rates you have, the more your podcast will pop up on people's recommended list. So be honest about your rating, though. I'm not asking you to give me five stars. I'm asking for your honest opinion and to rate me based on your thoughts about Mix in the Dark. This will also help me to better my podcast as the ratings come in. Another way that you can help Mix in the Dark is just to share my podcast with others. This will help me branch out. And then the last way to support is to keep listening and keep sending in stories. I am always looking for stories to read and share. You can send your stories to mixedinthedark at gmail.com. Speaking of helping your podcasters, Philantha just launched her podcast this January and this is so very exciting. Remember, I'm going to jog your memory a little bit. She helps me record the Haunted House Stories episode. Her podcast is called The Necessary Break and you can find her on a range of podcast listening stations but I will link her information in the description below so make sure you take some time to check her out. Otherwise, please enjoy our story for this week. My father is Caucasian while my mother is Hmong so I am very familiar with how the Hmong culture interprets the supernatural as my childhood was centered around my mother's side of the family. My father had left his family in Colorado to live in Minnesota which is where he had met my mother a hard-working Hmong woman. My father was a cheerful Caucasian male that emitted the warmest aura but he was very logical and scientific when it comes to the supernatural. My mother, on the other hand, had taught me the beliefs of the Hmong culture with the supernatural, whether it be spirits and ghosts, shamans, or even the banzong. I never doubted her beliefs, but I also didn't want to take her seriously. Whenever stuff would happen around the house, my mother would bring in a shaman from her family which would always annoy my father, but he loved her too much to complain. He would tell me afterward, You know, I feel as though these shamans don't do much. How would that logically work? It doesn't. Don't get too deep into that rabbit hole. As you can see, he was a very skeptical person when it came to the supernatural. Around the summer of 2017, we had moved into a new house around Lilydale, Minnesota which had a haunting history of its own. The house was very small, but beautiful. It was enough for the three of us. The size of my room had changed dramatically. I moved from a regular-sized bedroom to an entire basement. I know it sounds sad, but it was amazing, and basically I had my own man cave. My father had suggested remodeling the basement to have a bathroom, small living room, and a bedroom, and I was not going to miss out on that opportunity. It was awesome. This was until we started to notice the eerie details of the house. My father worked late shifts and never came home until midnight. The sun had emitted its last light, and the night had fallen on us i was writing an essay in the basement while listening to some lo-fi background music this was when i heard the terrifying scream of my mother it wasn't any regular scream that people usually make when they're presented with a jump scare i knew she was in trouble right away and jumped to the first floor in order to check on her i remember shouting out to her in order to pinpoint her location in the house The door to my basement was located in the hallway connecting the kitchen to the living room. As I reached the first floor, my mom had run to me already. I can still visualize the look on her face as she was trying her best to run towards me. I asked her what was wrong while trying to get a view of the front door in case there was a burglar or animal that may have scared her. She then struggled to tell me what she had seen. To make it easier to visualize, when watching the TV, you would be able to view the hallway heading towards the basement door and kitchen. She was watching TV when she noticed a shadow in the shape of a person running from the kitchen down the hallway past the living room, which would have led to another smaller living room. She had first thought it was me when she saw it in the hallway, as it is usually dark and it was hard to tell. She thought maybe it was me running to get a package, but during those milliseconds she had noticed that there was no sound correlating with the shadow running across the hallway. This is when she screamed and ran toward the basement door in order to get to me. Flabbergasted by what she just told me, I quickly got a kitchen knife and headed toward the smaller living room, which was where the figure would have been. Thinking that it was probably a burglar or someone who had broken into our house, I quietly entered the living room and searched everywhere, as well as upstairs. My mom called my father instead of the cops while walking closely behind me at all times. After searching for only about 5 to 10 minutes, my father came home right away. He was actually a little confused and angry as to why my mother didn't call the cops instead. Of course, I agreed with my father and suggested that I will, but no matter what, my mom had insisted and said that what she saw was not a person. She didn't know what it was. She knew the cops would find nothing. My father continued to try his best to calm her down by explaining what may have happened. Maybe it was just her eyes playing tricks on her. Maybe it was because she had watched too many horror movies. We didn't know. During the next couple of months, my father and I would start to experience supernatural occurrences within the house. One night while playing on my PS4, I heard distinct footsteps coming down the stairs. I didn't say anything or even bother to look as it was usually my mom coming to do her laundry or my father coming to grab his tools. I continued playing for another 5 minutes and finally started to notice how silent the basement was other than my PS4 game. I also began to notice the feeling of someone staring at me. Usually my parents would have commented on the fact that I'm always playing games or making all sorts of noises while occupied with what they were doing. That is when I turned back as fast as I could and saw nothing. I ran as quickly as I could upstairs to only find that my parents were watching TV together in the living room. I asked them if they had headed downstairs, and both of them said no. At first, I thought they were just messing with me, so I chuckled a bit and said, Okay, okay, I see how it is. I then noticed the terrified and confused look on my mom's face. She then asked me if I was sure I heard them coming downstairs. That's when I started to feel the chill run down my spine, and I assured her that I did hear someone coming downstairs. My father instantly suggested that it was probably the game or that I had mistaken the sound of footsteps in the living room as footsteps on the stairs. He also suggested that it was probably just the pipes, if anything, as our house was built around the 1890s. I continued to go about my day. My mom would continue to see shadows and hear voices around the house. At this time, she also told me that she just learned to ignore. My father, on the other hand, had begun experiencing much more intense activities. He first felt a hand on his shoulder. He said that this did not terrify him because the hand actually felt very warm. But it still confused him. One time, he was even pushed a little. He thought he had just run into something. He would always brush it off and suggest that the house was fine. But not too long after, he had started to experience his endless nights of sleep paralysis. When asked about it, he told me that he didn't see anything at first, which did not worry him. But after a couple of days of experiencing them, he started to actually see shadowy figures standing by the foot of the bed staring at him. This would happen almost every night. My mother finally had enough and contacted a shaman from our side of the family. My father had told her not to as it would just be a waste of money. But she was not taking no for an answer. In a way, I knew my father was scared as well. Maybe not as much as me and my mother, but I knew he wanted to hide the fact that his inability to explain the endless experience of a sleep paralysis had scared him as well. I was not present when the shaman had come to look around the house and had done what they usually do. I have very little knowledge of what the shaman actually does, so when they cleanse the house or use items to ward off evil, I cannot explain what actually happened. I just remember going home and getting my wrist tied in red and white strings, as well as red corn being hung from the doors to the house. There were also many other items that the shaman had placed around the house. My father wanted to take down those items the next day, but knew that he would only anger my mother and offend the shaman who was a relative of my mother. All I knew is that my mother was terrified by what the shaman had told her about our house and had begun working more in order to save up money to move out. My father would start to do the same in support of her comfort. Unfortunately, my father had begun sleeping less and less as he kept experiencing sleep paralysis. My mother and I would do our best to help him, but my mother was busy with work, house chores, and herself. I was very busy with college and my part-time job at this time, not to mention the ongoing experiences of the supernatural around our house. I would wake up to a knock on my door and walls, only to find that there was nothing. My mother's experiences with shadowy figures and noises had toned down, but she was still experiencing them every now and then. The house never felt safe. My dad had eventually gotten very sick and did not care for himself at all. He got very little sleep or would sleep only during the daytime. He wouldn't say much because he didn't want my mother and me to worry. One night, as I was returning from school, I got a call from my mother. This call would change the flow of our lives forever. My mother told me that my father had crashed in his car after falling asleep behind the wheels. He was swerving before the impact and the other drivers around him were aware of the fact that he was falling asleep. One driver pulled over to call the police. He had driven carefully beside my father while honking the horn. He was trying to keep my father awake as well as tell him to pull aside because he kept falling asleep. As terrifying as it sounds, This was actually caught on his dash cam. He was brought to the hospital but passed away just a few hours later. I was broken. My mother was broken. We were helpless without my father. He had done everything that he could to ensure that our family was okay. My mother and I would continue to deal with depression after the death of my father. My mother and I were empty without my father in the picture. I was also angry. I remember being angry at everything that came into mind. The fact that my father did not get enough sleep. The fact that he did not listen to my mom. The fact that the person who helped him couldn't save him. I was obviously struggling to deal with his death. I had burst out of anger a couple of times due to the fact that my mother couldn't quit with her supernatural explanation over my father's death. The shaman had informed her that the evil spirits have purposely interrupted his sleep schedule so that the event of his death could happen. I was furious at this and remembered yelling at my mother, telling her that this death was an accident and it could have been prevented. And there were no spirits and no stupid ghosts in this situation. Surprisingly enough, the supernatural experiences had decreased dramatically. Maybe it was because we were so busy mourning my father's death. But one experience would have changed everything. I was dealing with major depression and sought no help at the time. I was never smiling or happy during those times. The same can be said about my mom, but she continued to work harder than ever in order to move out of the house. It had too many horrible memories. We had gotten money from my father's life insurance company, but my mother didn't even want to touch it as it would only remind her of what she had lost. She told me that she felt as though we traded him for that money, which is why she never touched it at first. I, on the other hand, had begun experiencing depressing thoughts, even to the point of taking my own life. I know it sounds crazy saying it now, but I was ready to just leave during those times. That was all I could think about during that time. I remember skipping work one day. I was contemplating taking my own life. I was in bed all day and had wanted to leave a note for my mom when she came home. I was stuck in life. It felt as though there was no light in my life. No matter how much my mother and friends wanted to light up my life, I just couldn't take it anymore. I remember putting on my windbreaker with my keys already in the pockets. As I walked upstairs and headed toward the door, I felt this hand on my shoulder. I was shocked at first, but this weight and pressure was definitely a hand on my shoulder. I remember wanting to shout out of anger, to tell it to just leave me alone. But I started to notice the aura and the warmth of this hand. It didn't feel like any hand was just resting on my shoulder. It was a strong grip on my shoulder as if it had meaning to stop me from taking another step. I remember looking to the walls of the hallway and right behind me was a portrait of my father before his death. I suddenly bursted into tears and could not control myself. There was no fear that came with a hand on my shoulder. Feeling the hand on my shoulder had created this realization that I needed to stop what I was doing and think about what I still have in my life. My college degree, my friends, my job, and my mother. I remember kneeling down for what felt like hours just crying to myself. I remember struggling to go back to my room and just crashing onto my bed with my clothes still on and the note still in my hand. That would have been the first time ever in my life where I had felt that maybe there is something beyond my belief. I just had a feeling that my father was trying to tell me something. I remember getting up after an hour's nap to clean the house. I washed the dishes and I prepared a meal for my mother and I. She was so happy and had realized what I was trying to achieve. My mother and I eventually were able to use the life policy money as well as the money we had saved up to move to a new house. I had gone through therapy along with my mother and we are both living as happily as ever. The portrait of my father that was on the walls of the hallway is now the first thing you see when you enter our house. It is the best photo of him. Though my story is about my family's experience with the supernatural, I also want to put a quick note out there for those who are dealing with depression. Please know that you are never alone and that there are always people out there who are willing to help and to listen. There are also many ways to reach out for help, whether it be therapy sessions or medicinal approaches. When you decide to take your own life, You are not only affecting yourself, but the people around you who loves you as well. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I am your host, Mai Ying. Mixed in the Dark is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast series. If you have a story that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. If there's a story that you've really enjoyed, feel free to hit up my tip jar on Venmo. Just search Mix in the Dark on the business tab.